everybody, this is Lindsay Young. I'm a staff writer and assistant editor here with the Minnesota Vikings. Thank you so much for tuning in to another segment of our Getting Open series, which focuses on all things mental health. Over these past several weeks, we've talked to a number of players about their personal experiences with mental health and what those journeys have looked like. We've also talked to Chief Operating Officer Andrew Miller and General Manager Rick Spielman about not only their personal experiences, but also an emphasis that they place on mental health within the Vikings organization. Last week, we talked to K-Fans Chris Hockey, who really continued to open up about his mental health journey. He has overcome OCD, and he continues to navigate depression and uses a number of techniques to navigate that on a day-to-day basis, and so really appreciate hearing from him. And today, I'm really excited to sit down with Adam and Caitlin Thielen. They're going to talk about the work that the Thielen Foundation does around mental health, and specifically youth mental health, which tends to be an overlooked area of need. We'll be talking to the Thielens and also to Dr. Jessica Cece, who is a child psychiatrist um, within the M Health Fairview Network. Thank you guys so much for joining us. I guess the first question would be directed to really either or both of you. Why do you think that mental health is an important topic to cover? Yeah, I think I think just to it's kind of the reason why we end up choosing, uh, you know, youth mental health to start our foundation. It was the first thing that we kind of um, partnered with uh, at the Masonic Children's Hospital uh, because it just gets overlooked. And there was a need there for help, for resources, um, really just time um, and energy from, from, you know, people to show that they care and that, that it is, um, that it is normal. I mean, there's a lot of people that are going through uh, what these kids are going through. Um, and so I think that was the big reason why we started in that direction. And then since then, it's just, um, had just a ton of things, um, that have kind of correlated in our personal lives and have made us even stronger, um, to want to, um, give back in that area. But, um, just to, just to normalize it, to people, make people understand that, that there's other people that are going through the same thing you're going through, um, and that you're not, you know, different and that you can open up and, and talk about it and, and uh, be okay with that. You know, Adam, we've talked to several of your teammates at this point, Eric Kendricks, Tyler Conklin, Jalen Holmes kind of kicked off the whole series and all of them have talked about their personal experiences. And like, some of them have been more childhood. Some of them have been, you know, over their whole life, like everybody has had a different story, but I guess just for you, what do you appreciate about seeing your teammates being willing to share these stories that are pretty personal things, um, but they're wanting to share to make an impact? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been pretty cool to, um, hear their stories to see that, um, that they're open with that. Um, and I think the impact that that will make will be just, uh, it'll be bigger than that they'll ever can imagine or, or we can imagine. Uh, just because I think if one, two, three kids see that and say, wow, like that's exactly what I'm going through. Um, and it just, it just creates a more comfortable setting for them to be open and honest. Maybe it's with their family or with friends uh, to be able to get help or um, just to sometimes just to be able to talk about it um, is enough help and and really to get them in the right direction. So um, it, it's really been cool to see these guys um, do that and, and will be a huge help to a lot of people. 
One of the things that we've talked about throughout this series is the stigma around mental health just in society in general, but um, maybe even at a deeper level within athletics. And obviously you guys are both athletes. Um, Caitlin, I'm wondering just your perspective too, just within athletics, why you think that might be a little bit more of a stigma? Um, I just think that, you know, being an athlete, maybe you have that mental toughness that you don't want to, you know, open up and be vulnerable with people, your teammates, your parents, coaches, whatnot. Um, so I think like Adam said, with these players speaking up about their experiences, I think that that just goes to show that anyone can deal with certain types of mental or behavioral health. Um, and that it's okay to be open about it. It's okay. You don't have to feel like you're less than, um, even if you are an athlete, a professional athletes, you know, these professional athletes are talking about it. So I just think that, it's such a good conversation that they, they opened up about. Adam, how have you guys seen the stigma starting to change um, within the NFL or professional sports? I know we've talked a little bit about like um, Kevin Love and the NBA sharing his story and a few players in, in the NFL. I guess just how have you, from your perspective, how have you seen that, that stigma breaking down a little bit? Yeah, I think, I think just the, the resources now. Uh, the amount of resources that teams are putting into it um, shows that it's a, it's a big deal. And it is a game changer for teams to have those resources and have um, the opportunity for guys to be open and to be, you know, to, to say that, Hey, I have, I have an issue with this and, and can you help me? And when, when that happens, it, it just creates a better culture in the locker room. It creates uh, a more open atmosphere and, and guys realize that they're not alone. That, that maybe there's five, six guys uh, feeling the exact same way that you are. So when you open up about it, well, now they want to open up about it and they want to get help. So, um, you know, I think it's been, it's been really cool to see that go through our locker room and just see guys um, transforming and, and really um, um, just changing not only their lives, but other people's as well. Adam, you mentioned about how um, mental health, especially in the area of, of youth mental health, has been overlooked. Um, is that an area that you guys were sort of aware that that was an area of need? Was it something where you started digging into possible areas of need with your foundation and that came to light? Just sort of wondering how that came about that that you're focusing on that area. Well, we were kind of in search of, you know, different areas that may be overlooked. And then when Masonic, you know, came to us kind of with the behavioral mental health unit, we were like, that's a no brainer. I felt like God was calling us to kind of spotlight that, um, especially with the platform Adam has um, and how many youth and adults struggle with it. Um, we were like, it was just a no brainer for us to try and use our, our platform and whatever resources we can to help, help this hospital, help these kids and just help make mental health and behavioral health just broadcast to more people. Um, especially, you know, we have really close family, family members and friends who deal with significant mental behavioral health. And so it really hits home to us to be more open about it and to, you know, just make it more aware and make it more, like Adam said, normalized. Yeah. I think, I think kind of a crazy thing for us is when, like Caitlin said, we were trying to figure out ways that we could help in this community and, um, I think what really kind of opened our eyes to it. Um, and then like, like Caitlin said, since then we've had so many connections to it. And I'm so glad that we, um, started working, uh, within uh, mental health and behavioral health. Um, but when we first toured the, the Masonic Children's Hospital in, in the mental health department, um, the, it was unbelievable to hear these doctors and nurses and, 
uh, the people within in that uh, group, just how shocked, number one, that that we were there and wanted to help. And then number two, just um, how excited they were that that we were going to provide resources and how badly they needed it and how badly they needed just people to care about these kids. And again, just how many kids like this happens to our adults and that, that, um, you know, people just don't know about it and don't realize um, that how prevalent it is and how important it is to talk about. So um, that really opened our eyes. And since then has just, um, you know, really changed our mindset on it and, and how we could, we could help and give back. As I listen to you say that, it, it just resonates with so much that we've been talking about so far where, you know, even whether it's professional football player or whether it's kids, you know, if someone has um, like cancer or they break a bone or something like that, and of course not to um, make light of those situations, but those seem to be so much more accepted and, and talked about. And even for hospital visits and things like that, it's not as spotlighted when there's those mental health issues. So I think it's awesome that you guys are working um, specifically around that issue. Has there been anything that you guys have learned um, through this process that's either, you know, helped you in your personal lives or with your family members or just anything that's kind of like um, opened your eyes to this issue beyond the fact that, you know, it's obviously a much bigger one than people realize? Yeah, I would say um, just that you know, it's a sickness. Like you talked about cancer. Um, you know, sometimes there's obviously varying degrees of mental health. Um, some people really, it's a sickness. They can't control what's going on in their minds. They can't, they try to, and they can't, you know, so that's really opened my eyes with a close family member, just trying to understand ways that I can help and not, um, trigger like the, the mental health more, you know? Um, so that's been one area and even just sitting and talking with these kids, um, we try and have visits with these kids at the hospital and just hearing, you know, stories from the nurses and just understanding kind of what they've been through, whether, you know, whether there's issues at home and that's what's caused the issues or whatnot. So there's a lot of different areas that I feel like I've personally learned and it trying to get better at, um, just talking with other people. Yeah. I think just, just learning, like Keelan said, um, learning about it, understanding it more, um, because a lot of times it doesn't really like make sense, uh, to me, um, because, uh, maybe my issue is different than someone else's. So sometimes it doesn't make sense, but when you start to learn and be around it more and try to understand it, um, it, it really helps, especially when you have friends or family, um, it really helps them because you can understand it more. So you kind of know what to do, what not to do, what to say, what not to say to really help them, um, you know, with, with what they're going through. And then personally, I mean, uh, we all have ups and downs of life and um, trying to navigate that and, and really being able to apply those things to your personal life is, is been um, huge for, for me personally. Obviously, you guys are parents to yourself. You have Asher and Hudson. And I guess for, for either of you, but I'll ask Caitlin maybe first, just being a mom, has it given you an even more personal connection to these youth that are going through, you know, different types of trials? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely has. Um, you know, just as they grow, I feel like I just want to be open with them as a mom and them open with me. And Adam and I have talked about this, you know, as they grow, we want to have a good connection with our kids. We hope we can, and we want them to feel comfortable with us. If they're ever going through anything or feeling different thoughts, we want them to know that we're here or that 
you know, that it's not, 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 not bad to feel that way. You know, we want those emotions to be okay in this house and them to be open with it. And also I think just teaching them to be, my main thing is teaching them to be kind to everyone because you never know what a little boy who might bug you at school is going through at home. You know what I mean? There's just so many things that, that could be happening in other people's lives. And even us as adults, I, I try, I'm trying harder to be like that because someone's in a grouchy mood, you never know what they're dealing with. So I think that's a big thing that I want to teach my kids. You know, every day they go to school, I say, you know, spread God's love. And then Adam, just kind of generally speaking, obviously the Vikings have had a longstanding relationship with U of M Masonic, like, you know, going back to, to Sully and Chad, and I know Kyle did a lot of stuff there. Um, the Wilfs also, just what have you appreciated more on a larger scale, just about that relationship with that hospital and, and the organization? Yeah, just, uh, you know, how willing they are to kind of accommodate, um, to, to really, again, show you what their needs are. Um, what these kids needs are, and then um, try to help you figure out the best way to, to provide the best resources, opportunities for these kids. So um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a great relationship and, and which has been good is, is, you know, you say that a lot of people have worked uh, with them and that was kind of a big thing for us when we started talking to them is, okay, where hasn't there been help and where can we help and make a difference um, where there hasn't been much attention because those guys that you mentioned have done such great work in so many um, areas of that hospital and, and have impacted so many lives. And, and we've been, you know, blessed to be able to be a part of a lot of that um, just being around those guys. And so it's been pretty cool to just be uh, to be able to help in an area that hasn't been helped yet. So that that's kind of uh, why things got to where they were. How, if at all, has the topic of mental health affected you personally? You guys have already mentioned some close family members and things like that. Was there anything else that you wanted to say on that topic? Just awareness, um, understanding. Um, you know, I think until you have stuff in your life or you are connected with something, you just don't understand it. So um, I think that's been huge for both of us, just understanding it um, for not only for, like you said, family members or friends, uh, but our personal lives as well. Like I said, there's varying degrees of mental health, obviously, but um, I feel like Adam touched on it, but we've struggled with different things, you know, not as maybe bad, severe as some, but like, I've definitely struggled with like anxiety, being a mom and trying to do everything. And even I remember, you know, in playing sports and soccer and, you know, there's just a lot of things that you look back on and you're like, oh, was that you know, like you maybe didn't even know, but like, oh, was I a little depressed then, you know, going through that tough, tough year at college or whatnot. And I think lastly, just kind of to wrap up, um, Adam, I'll, I'll ask you this for people who are, you know, maybe listening to this interview or, or reading your guys's feature, you know, on, on the Vikings platforms, what would you just hope that people would, I guess, take out of your story or this content series in general? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just if, if, you're struggling at all. If there's things that, um, you know, obviously ups and downs, like I said, in life, there's, you know, down times and know that you're not alone. There's a ton of people, um, ourselves included friends, family members of ours, um, who are going through similar things. And I think when, when you keep those in, you kind of, you feel like you're alone, but when you're able to kind of communicate that maybe it's to a close friend or maybe it's to a close family member, or maybe it's to a counselor, um, when you're able to communicate those things, you realize that you realize very quickly that you're not alone. 
and there's, there's resources, there's things, um, out there to help you. And, uh, I know that's been a big thing with our foundation as well is, is we have links and resources on our, on our webpage to help those if, if they don't know where to start. So, um, there's always that. And I know there's a lot of different places and, and foundations that do the same. So, um, again, just, just being, being okay with communicating that and you never know where that'll take you. Well, thank you guys. I think that's all I have for you. And yeah, I mean, definitely encourage people to check out the Elon Foundation website and resources there because I know it's really helpful. So thank you so much. Thank you so much to Adam and Caitlin for being willing to share their heart and their passion around this very important topic. And now we're going to hear from Dr. Jessica Sisi, who is a child psychiatrist, and she's also the medical director of child psychology at M Health Fairview. Dr. Sisi is going to dive into a number of topics, including why youth mental health does tend to be an overlooked area of need, specific mental health challenges that are seen in youth, and also notable statistics around mental illness in children. Thank you so much for, for joining us today. We met with Adam and Caitlin earlier, um, and they were talking about how they've learned that mental health, specifically youth mental health, is an area that tends to be kind of overlooked, um, an overlooked area of need. Why is that the case? I think there are a couple of reasons for that. One being that I think there's a lack of recognition about what mental health looks like in children and adolescents. So, you know, an adult may be able to say, I'm feeling anxious, whereas a child may say, you know, I have a tummy ache or my head hurts. And you may not immediately recognize that as a mental health condition. And I think the other piece too is kind of this um, enduring stigma uh, that we see with mental health. So for a long time, you know, mental health has been viewed somewhat negatively. And um, I think that resources have not been devoted to youth mental health. And instead, you know, we see less funding uh, promoting mental health research and promoting mental health treatment. And so I think for both of those reasons, we see that youth mental health is overlooked. Would you say that there are specific types of mental illnesses or emotional challenges that are seen in youth specifically? I think we see a lot of behavioral problems in, in younger kids. And we also see a lot of um, ADHD or attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And then as kids get a little bit older, we tend to see a bit more anxiety and depression in, in children and adolescents. And I know this next question is something that probably fluctuates. I know there has been an increase over the years, um, but in your experience, what age range of children experience mental illness and potentially even suicidal thoughts or actions? Yeah, so mental health can impact people at any age. And in fact, we can start to diagnose mental health um, concerns as early as age two. Um, but I would say it's most common that we begin to see behavioral problems somewhere between the ages of six and 11. And then as kids get a bit older, we see more um, anxiety and depression. And, and you're correct, we do sometimes see suicide thoughts uh, and behaviors associated with some of those conditions. One question I had, you had mentioned the stigma earlier. Um, and of course, there's such a societal stigma. Um, and that makes sense with not as many resources and as much funding. Is this something that also occurs like with parents? I mean, would parents maybe not recognize or, or not pick up on maybe their, their child's emotional or mental difficulties kind of because of this stigma? Um, or is it more of an outside problem? 
I think that there's a lot of shame that's associated with mental health diagnosis. And I think sometimes the symptoms um, are not only hard to recognize, um, you know, so like I mentioned, sometimes it's more physical symptoms that are presenting. And so parents may not recognize it. But I also think that, you know, sometimes the symptoms can cause, you know, us to act in ways that, that may feel uncomfortable to those around us. And so I think sometimes that does prevent um people, um, including parents, from seeking out help when when kids need it. Part of what we've been talking about throughout this whole series is just the past 12, 13 months of the COVID-19 pandemic, um, even things like some of the racial injustices and tensions that have been kind of heightened throughout this past year as well. In your expertise and in your experience, how have you seen those types of things affect youth mental health over this past year? Yeah, this year has been challenging for so many reasons. And, you know, you named it, we are going through this pandemic. And then we have had this public health crisis of racism that um, is impacting um, many on a day to day basis. And I think in regard to the pandemic, we have had to follow infection prevention protocols to really um, stop the spread of this deadly virus. And it's, it's changed the way that we interact with one another. And I think there have been some unintended benefits. We've all had to slow down with the pace of life a bit, but it, it has led to loneliness and isolation in some. And, and beyond that, I think that it's really put a lot of stress on, on parents and families just to have to juggle so many responsibilities with parenting, uh, childcare, work, school, and all the while trying to care for themselves. And I think it, it has led to a lot of fatigue, compassion fatigue, truly. And I think that this is a, a form of trauma that we've all sort of collectively experienced. And we're going to need to receive emotional support in the months and years to come as a result of what we've all endured in the last year. Would you have advice for parents, um, especially of young children, you know, outside of seeing a professional and things like that, maybe just things within the home that they can do to help kind of combat this compassion fatigue um, and the loneliness that is going on as a, as a result? I think certainly it's important to be kind to yourself. I think that we're all doing our best right now and um, that sometimes, you know, that should be enough. And so I think really, you know, taking time to care for oneself as a parent is really important. And then just simply connecting, you know, making time for conversation, making time for your kids to be able to talk about how they're doing, feeling sort of open to having those conversations and then making sure that, you know, you're doing what you can to connect virtually um, or connect in safe ways while we're still going through this pandemic. I think that social connection remains very vital. Are there any notable statistics around youth and, and mental illness that you could share with us? Yeah, so I think uh, around 9% uh, of kids are diagnosed sometime between the ages of 2 and 17 with ADHD. 7.5% uh, of kids um, between those same ages are diagnosed with a behavioral concern. And then um, about 7% of kids are diagnosed with anxiety. And, and we've seen in recent years that that um, percentage has increased by several points. Um, and so I think we're seeing a rise in mental health concerns. We also note that there are some disparities in terms of kids receiving care, um, particularly age and poverty level impacts that. And so 
really one of the missions of um, Health Fairview is to kind of break down some of those barriers and improve access to care. And you have mentioned a couple of times that the kind of the warning signs for, for children might manifest differently than adults, or maybe they aren't able to articulate as much um, the ways that they're feeling or the difficulties that they're having. Are there specific warning signs? I know you mentioned like the physical, like stomach aches and things like that. Are there any other warning signs that adults should be aware of for young people in their lives? Yeah. So I think we tend to look at a lot of behaviors because kids aren't as likely to be able to communicate how they're feeling. So whereas an adult may say, I'm feeling depressed or anxious, we might see more anger or irritability in kids who are experiencing depression and anxiety. We also want to take a look at, you know, are they attending school or is there missed school or avoidance of school? Because that can indicate a mental health concern. Are grades dropping? That can also be a sign as well as you know, are they isolating from their peers or have they changed friend groups? Because that can also be an indication that they may be struggling with something. One of the cool things about this series has been we've featured a lot of different stories from a lot of different people, but some of those stories have been, you know, from these professional football players who are talking about the anxiety or maybe the depression that they've experienced and sort of what that looked like for them and how they worked through that. When there are young children maybe hearing these stories or even children in their teens, you know, seeing these types of testimonies, how do you think that can make an impact with with athletes using their platform this way? Yeah, I mean, when we see someone that we know or recognize who is talking about mental health concerns, it normalizes that experience for us. It makes it okay for us to talk about and it makes it okay for us to seek treatment. And there's a statistic that is out there that states that you know 75% of teenagers who are looking for information on depression online are really truly looking for someone to talk about their personal account or story around depression. And so when we see an athlete um, who is unbreakable in our eyes, really being vulnerable and talking about their experience with mental health or creating awareness around mental health, that really normalizes it and makes it okay for us to have that experience and to seek help. Obviously, part of this story is about Adam and Caitlin Thielen, their Thielen Foundation and their connection um, with U of M Masonic Children's Hospital. I thought it was really cool just hearing their heart about how they kind of looked for a higher area of need and wanted to make an impact around youth mental health. Can you just talk a little bit about um, the, the hospital's relationship with the Thielens and how that's benefited, you know, so many patients? Yeah, their support um, to mental health has been really incredible. Uh, I think M Health Fairview is very grateful for all that they have done. They have put a lot of money towards uh, mental health efforts. And not only that, but they have spent a lot of time with patients and families, visiting them in the hospital, and the pandemic has not stopped them. They've continued with virtual visits, and that's something that means a lot to our patients and families. They've also donated uh, branded notebooks and yoga mats, which has served as an excellent uh, coping tool for many of our patients. And I think this whole idea of breaking down stigma, they are doing so well um, just by featuring segments on their social media around mental health and at times bringing in experts. So we could not be more grateful for their support. The Vikings have had such a longstanding relationship um, with 
the Masonic Children's Hospital as well. How significant is it to sort of have that recognized longstanding relationship between those two organizations in the Twin Cities? I think it means a lot. It's it's all about kind of reducing that stigma, making it okay for us to talk about mental health, making it okay to seek help. I think that partnership really is just kind of breaking down barriers. Lastly, Dr. Cece, I know there's going to be a lot of different people um, maybe reading this story or listening to this interview. If they are interested in maybe helping or supporting in some way after hearing this area of need, is there a way that just, you know, the general public can help support this area? Yeah, I think that we can all do our part by educating ourselves on mental health concerns and creating awareness around it. I think we can challenge stigma wherever we see it and really, um, you know, try to model that it is okay for us to take care of ourselves when we're struggling. Um, I, I think NAMI also does a lot of excellent work with tips around reducing stigma, you know, really um, being conscious of the words that we choose, showing compassion and choosing empowerment over shame. I think I that's another really wonderful way to get involved in reducing stigma and mental health. Well, thank you so much. I know that I've learned even more today and I really just appreciate you helping us shed light on kind of a different area of of mental health and how we can help. So thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you. Again, a sincere thank you to Adam and Caitlin and Dr. Cece for sharing their thoughts and expertise around this area. I know that it was a really interesting conversation for myself, and I think it will be helpful for a lot of us moving forward. And thank you all for tuning in to another episode of our Getting Open series. And I just want to encourage you to keep an eye on all Vikings digital platforms in the coming weeks for additional features that will be coming your way.